There have always been two kinds of people. Those who are children of God and those who are children of the world under the influence of powers and principalities that are under the control of the evil one. Now, a fact that we don't like to consider that kind of gets to our pride, all people are born estranged from God. And the reality is, as I was just praying, um, the majority of people have always been of this world. And we hear it in their language. Many people have convinced themselves that the termination of life in the womb When that is terminated, life in the womb, which originates when a man and a woman come together, that this is actually reproductive health care. As if it was a life-giving medicine given to a woman to cure her of a disease. Now, I know that's a hard reality and people don't want to hear it. Also, life in this world is driven by the notion that each individual is a sovereign God entitled to do whatever he or she wants to do. And it's getting worse. I use the two gender pronouns, but more and more people want to override their God-given gender and choose their own gender And as if that wasn't enough, some even want to invent new genders. It reminds me of what Paul said in the second half of Romans chapter 1, that human nature is so deprived that it's always trying to invent new ways of doing evil, of disobeying God. Now, what I have said is really nothing new. I heard Cal Thomas on TV yesterday say, human nature never changes And it can only be overridden and controlled internally when God comes into a person or somewhat externally by laws, okay? And this is behind the account we heard that John give of Jesus on trial before the Roman governor Pilate. From the perspective of the children of this world... What's happening is Jesus is on trial before the Roman governor, Pilate. Pilate is in control. So moreover, the trial is further complicated because we heard that some of God's chosen people, the Jews, are actually speaking and acting like people of the world. So the key question this morning and always is simply this. Is Jesus king? And if so, what is the nature of his kingdom? Jesus clearly states and then restates in the passage we heard that his kingdom has nothing to do with this world. It is not established by violence or force. It is about truth, absolute truth, which we have lost sight of these days. Jesus was born the king to witness to the truth of God. 
And this is too much for Pilate and many of God's chosen people, the Jews. And the end result of all of this is Jesus is given over to death, just as all the prophets had spoken with one voice. However, we heard at the end, his human ancestor, King David, had declared in song 1,000 years before this, and the Jews had sung it all this time, that God's kingdom is glorious and eternal. So with this background, let's go deeper into the details of our text this morning. In John's gospel, the first part is part one of the trial of Jesus before Pilate. And we're told that the Jews lead Jesus from Caiaphas, the high priest, to the judgment hall, but they do not enter it. So Pilate comes out and questions them. Let's go through it line by line. Then they are leading Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, but it is being early. And they not themselves went into the praetorium that they might not be defiled, but they might eat the Passover. Now, praetorium is is a Greek word that was signifying the provincial governor's residence and office. I was thinking about this. We think it's something new to work out of home now. 2,000 years ago, Pilate was working out of his home. It could also be translated judgment hall. Now, the Jewish leaders did not want to be defiled by coming in to contact with anything having to do with this pagan governor because this leaven which they were to cast out for Passover and the, the, the Feast of Leaven, seven days. Um, if they touched that, they wouldn't be able to celebrate the Passover, which was one of their greatest holy days. John continues, then he went out, Pilate outside to them, and he's saying, what accusation are you all bringing against this man? Okay. Now, um, just like uh, Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name, but it's his title. It's who he is, the anointed one, the Messiah. Pontius Pilate, Pilate wasn't his name. It was actually kind of a title signifying who he was. And it literally means the point of a spear. I think the Romans were trying to intimidate the people that they had taken over by giving this surname to the governor. Okay, Now, Romans despised the Jews and considered Judaism a pagan religion from their worldly point of view. Now, the Romans really wanted the Jews to settle their own religious disputes and not bother them. And Pilate's use of the word, this man shows his disdain for Judaism. And they answered him and said to him, if not he was being this one evil doing, not would to thee we have given him over. Okay, first of all, they're being very blunt. They're coming right out. This man, Jesus, Yeshua, he's an evil doer. 
And that's why they're giving Jesus over to the governor. Now, this word to give over, it's the very same word that Paul was inspired to use. Again, at the end of Romans chapter 1, about God giving rebellious human beings over to their passions and their lusts. Again, without the Holy Spirit, without God in us, without his word, we're messes. We're all messes. And then he said to them, Pilate, Pilate said, you all must take them, you all And according to the word of you all, you all must judge him. So with two rapid-fire commands, Pilate is dismissing them, and he's basically saying, do it yourselves. This doesn't concern Rome. And the Jews said to him, not it is proper for us to kill any man. What are they saying? They're saying Jesus has committed a capital crime. Blasphemy, as I said earlier, And that Rome will not allow Jews to execute anyone. And we heard last week, just prior to this, that Caiaphas, the high priest, had prophesied Jesus must die for the benefit of the people. And then John gives us this little aside, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, predicting what death He was being about to die. Now, he had predicted this way back in John 10. And it's kind of interesting. Up to this point now, Jesus has been overlooked in this interchange. But with these inspired words, John reminds us, Jesus is in control. He had prophesied to them that he has power to lay his life down and take it up again. Jesus will die so that all might have their sins forgiven and to be reconciled to God. That's all in this statement of John's explanation of the narration. But returning now, he says, Pilate called Jesus into the judgment hall with him. Jesus didn't mind going there. And he asks if Jesus is indeed king of the Jews. Back to John's text. Then he entered again into the praetorium, Pilate, and he called Jesus and said to him, Thou. Are thou being the king of the Jews? Okay. So in his residence office, Pilate is emphatically inquiring if Jesus is the king of the Jews. And it is a question in the form of a statement, more or less. He thinks so, but he's not sure. And he answered Jesus. I love this. From thyself thou this are saying, or others, they spoke to thee concerning me. Jesus turns the table here. Jesus is always, always typically responding to a question with a stronger question. He wants to get Pilate to say whether he has investigated Jesus's kingship on his own, or is he merely being influenced by other people? 
And he answered Pilate, not this I, I a Jew am being, no, the nation of thee and the chief priests, they have given thee over to me. What have thou done? What have thou done? Pilate confesses he's not a Jew. He's not able to understand their ways. He tells Jesus it's his people and his leaders who gave him over. He asks what Jesus did in an amazed question. End of part one. The rest of our text, Jesus says his kingdom is not from this world. Pilate responds weakly, and the people request Pilate release Barabbas. And then the final word comes as David expressed faith in the glory of God's eternal kingdom yet to be fulfilled. So back to John's gospel, Jesus says his kingdom is not from this side, but that he came to bear witness to the truth. John continues, he answered Jesus, the kingdom of me, not it is being from this world. This is all about the source or the origin. Jesus says his kingdom is from heaven and the God who is in heaven. The source, the origin of Jesus' kingdom is not from or based on this world. Jesus says his kingdom is not from this world. Jesus continues, if from this world it was being the kingdom of me, my ministers have been fighting that it may not be that I may be given over to the Jews. If my kingdom, here Jesus lays out a big contrast. The kingdoms of the world settle national sovereignty by fighting, by violence, by wars. This is not the way of Jesus and his chosen ministers. Continuing, he says, but now in this day and age, the kingdom of me not is being from, and there's many ways to translate this word, but the most literal is this side. So what's going on? Jesus is saying on this side of heaven, on this side of the complete fulfillment of his kingdom when he comes again in the second coming, Jesus' kingdom is primarily spiritual. And what does it involve? The New Testament tells us. It is demonstrated in acts of his people of strong, sacrificial love shown to people in need by his chosen ministers. Just as Jesus sacrificed himself for us, we are to sacrifice for others. And as Jesus finishes describing the present state of his kingdom as it now exists, when he restates it, he substitutes this side for this world. Jesus says his kingdom is not from this world. Then he said to him, Pilate, so then, king, thou art being thou. 
So we can realize that Pilate, he's still confused. He's doubting. He's questioning. But he is gaining understanding. Understanding and assurance of who Jesus is. That he is king. And he answered Jesus, Thou, thou art saying that king I am being. I to this, I have been born. Jesus strongly affirms Pilate's growing assurance. So Pilate is rising up above himself. His growing assurance that Jesus is king. And he affirms the word of the pagan astrologers that they announced to Herod at his birth. In Matthew chapter 2, when they said, we have come to see the one who is born the king of the Jews. But remember, Jesus is also saying his kingdom is not of this world. He concludes, and for this I've come into the world, that I might bear witness to the truth. Everyone being from the truth is hearing my voice. So here's a real key. Jesus is witnessing to the truth as the one who is the truth, John 14. Furthermore, all who are in him and from him by grace through his faith are hearing his voice and are being blessed with full life now and forever. Two of my favorite verses, John 5, 24 and 25. And then this account from John, the apostle, ends with Pilate responding weakly. He questions truth. He gives the crowd Barabbas. So Jesus said who he was. But he's saying to him, Pilate, what is being truth? One of his most famous lines. Pilate's weak cynicism is the very same spirit of our culture today in the United States of America. Oh, you have your truth. I have my truth. And who's to know which is better? Let's just keep doing our own thing without judging each other. That spirit has been with us for centuries. And this having said, again, he went out to the Jews and he's saying to them, I, nothing I am finding of him, either guilt or a reason to accuse. Here's the pinnacle for Pilate. For one brief moment, he makes a strong statement about Jesus' innocence. He gets it right. This is his one fleeting moment of siding with the people of God. As a child of God would have said, but from here, it goes right down the slippery slope. But it is being a custom or a practice of you all that one I might release to you all in the Passover. Therefore, you all, are, are, are you willing that I might release to you all the king of the Jews? Here we see Pilate's weakness that is merely a hope. If he were a strong leader, he would have come right out and said, I will release Jesus according to this longstanding custom and practice on the Passover. However, he's weak and he offers the people of a choice. In the reality 
is this, that the choice of the majority can be wrong, especially when it comes to the things of God. And then they cried again, not this, but Barabbas. But Barabbas was being a robber slash insurrectionist. Now, this is ironic. Maybe you figured this out or heard it before, but Barabbas, Aramaic, son of father. So what's happening here is this wild man who is the son of a father. And Jesus is the true son of the father, God. But God's people want this man guilty of robbery and rebellious revolution to be released. Now, the only point in his favor was he's rebelling against Rome, just as Simon the Zealot, who was chosen by Jesus, had been before Jesus called him. So that's the end of John's gospel for today. We'll come back to it next week. (coughs) Excuse me. And now to David's psalm. David expressed faith that God's kingdom is more than just him or even all of Israel. So let me go through this short portion word by word. They will give thanks to thee, Yahweh, all thy works. In thy saints, they will bless thee. Thanksgiving and blessing. There is parallelism in these two half poetic lines, and it should be understood this way. Covenant God, Yahweh, all thou have done and made, and all thy people who love fully, namely saints, they will ever thank and bless thee, O God. David continues, the glory of thy kingdom, they will say. And thy power, they will speak. Here is an add-on, again, two half lines. Basically, all thou have created will take every opportunity to tell of the glory and the power of thy kingdom. Then David continued, to make known to the sons of Adam his mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of his kingdom, to make known about God and his kingdom. God makes his kingdom known in two ways, through his written word and through his son, the living word, who is the prophet of whom Moses spoke. Now, I've tried to fix this address in my own heart and mind. In Deuteronomy 18, and I've given you the exact reference, Moses said there will come after me from your own people a prophet who is greater than me. Listen to him and do what he says. David concludes our portion for this morning. Thy kingdom, a kingdom of everlasting existence, and thy dominion, to all generation and generation. So God's kingdom, which began in earnest with Jesus in his first advent, will be fulfilled as the eternal kingdom of the new heavens and the new earth at Jesus' second advent. 
Now, I've talked about all things all around this theme, but I believe the theme for this week of Advent is we must patiently wait for things. I know as a human being, I want things now. You know, I want the best. I want it now. Waiting is hard. But God has told us we've got to wait till Jesus returns. It could be today. It could be after we go to meet him. We really don't know. But here's the bottom line today. In the meantime, we wait for the kingdom of God and for Jesus. Praising God and doing his will in both our word and our actions. God's kingdom is now in Christ, but it is not yet fulfilled. I'm going to ad lib a little bit here. When, when I was at seminary and reading all these theological books, and, and you might have read it in some commentaries, we are living in the last days, the time of the now and not yet. God's kingdom has broken into the world through his people. That much is now. But the full glory of it is not yet. And that's what we wait for. Now and not yet. To wrap it up, the chief priests bring Jesus to Pilate, declaring him an evildoer. And then Pilate brings Jesus into his official residence to ask him if he is the king of the Jews. Jesus responds, his kingdom of not of this world. So it will not be established by violence. Rather, his kingdom is by the truth of him being born king of the Jews to whom he was sent. And also he was sent to be a witness to all people of God's truth. We heard that in our call to worship. Okay. The fulfillment of Jesus' kingdom was also proclaimed by God's people in a song written by David for a thousand years before Jesus came to earth. Um, So it's amazing that David, who had been promised by Nathan that one of his descendants would be the eternal king. David had written about him and God's people had sung about him But as we'll see on Palm Sunday and Good Friday, they missed the truth of it all. And so let us also take this to heart and be careful because Jesus says his kingdom is not from this world. And I'll just add in, it came to me, Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but they are powerful, powerful spiritual weapons.